1: We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome back to another episode of the Rebel Podcast. In Garage Mahal, you got Pnate and Pooty, and uh, we're here with another episode. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Summer is here. In Canada that's full a huge, bloom. Full bloom
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bloom is such a weird word, word yeah, to say for dudes. Yeah, I agree. Tim Bailey would be upset with us. He might be. He would call he that Malakoy. <laughs> it's very malaquit. Just using
1: the word. the word bloom?
0: It feels it feels like a soft word. Mm. It's bloom. It's It's full-orbed, is how we would say it. That's
1: such a weird way to...
0: I think your
1: hand gesture was Malakoy there. (laughs) Um, All right, so we are uh, the Rebel Alliance uh, Podcast, and uh, you can find us at rebelalliancemedia.com. You can find us at uh, Rebel Alliance Podcast on Facebook, and we would encourage you to find us, like us, invite your friends to like the page, uh, engage with us, share the the posts, um, uh, like them, put the thumbs up, do all that kind of stuff. It helps us just spread the audience. And uh, we're very, very thankful for uh, all our regular listeners who have helped us expand over the last little while. So yeah. thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you. We We very much appreciate all the comments, all the likes and shares we've been getting on Facebook. Every time we get a chance to check, which we check Often all day long, there's constantly new likes, new subscribers, everything on the on the Facebook page. We very much appreciate that, and keep the questions coming, keep the comments coming, keep sharing it because it tremendously helps one the podcast, but also too to get people talking and getting yeah, yourself into sure. those conversations that you know help you. Spread the gospel, spread the good news of Jesus Christ to the world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, a couple of just quick thanks before we jump into Rebel News, and that is uh, I just want to thank uh, Ben and Andrew Emery over at uh, Northside Baptist Church. Uh, They reached out to us. uh, Ben actually reached out to us uh, over... through the podcast and I end up speaking at a conference alongside him and Ryan Harris from the Ezra Institute and it was just a good conference and it was solid to be able to meet some guys who are like-minded so I just say that to say any of you who are listening especially if you're near us especially if you're in southwest Ontario we love hearing from you we love connecting with you sometimes I know um, in a in a cultural Christian or I should say in a Christian landscape that seems to be um wavering a lot these days uh, there's, there's strength and there's encouragement knowing that there are other guys, uh, fighting alongside you. And, uh, and so we would just love to connect with you. So reach out to us, let us know you're listening. Uh, it's a great encouragement to us. We want to jump into rebel news and, uh, we actually were kind of getting late to the party a little bit. Um, and we decided to talk about this We were originally gonna do a video on it um, by the time we could get around to recording it we just we just thought we'd talk about it today and that is on Facebook you're seeing all kinds of crazy stuff about how what a monster Donald Trump is as he's literally you know personally ripping children away from their parents who are trying to, Get into the United States and what a horrible monster he is, and 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 this is a new low for the United States and all this kind of stuff. And we're just seeing, i I've, we've seen a couple of guys from our church actually who have shared a post or said something about it who are just honestly getting eviscerated by their friends and family on Facebook over this issue. Uh, this this seems to be it's almost like all of the animosity and all of the tension and all of the hatred for Donald Trump when when he first got elected is being stirred back up with this one. So we just wanted to take a minute to touch on it. It and maybe help you think through it a little bit because this is something that's going on culturally, and you can't really go on social media without seeing something about it right now.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons this is blown up. One people people want to fight against Donald Trump. Yep. Because let's be honest, even even the right side, he is a kind of an unlikable guy. Um, oh yeah, in big general. Guy. So it, it's easy for everybody to jump on that bandwagon. The other thing the other thing is people people get very fu- get very upset when kids become involved. And I want to I want to bring that up first. That's my first point about this whole thing is I
1: find it very Just v- summarize it right now just in case anybody oh. has been kind of or or maybe I'm sure people have seen think posts about this, but why don't you just summarize it a little bit just in case they're seeing the post but not really understanding what's happening?
0: Yeah, so basically the the just what's happening right now is that um, <sighs> Trump Trump's very hard on immigration, so he's detaining illegal illegal immigrants in in the United States. Their kids are American citizens, though, so they've separated the kids and the parents from from each other, um, and in almost like I don't even know how to word this in a, in a basically in a in a, a, a makeshift prison is a, is a way to put it. Well, they sort sort out the the issues with this. So what's got everybody up in arms is that the kids have been ripped away from their from their parents in the situation.
1: so you're seeing pictures of like a bunch of kids and they're using like old abandoned warehouses and Walmarts and stuff like that as kind of these detaining centers and and I mean they they take obviously the most emo- emotional picture they can. They put that up and and this is the, it yeah, it, it's sad and it looks horrible. and in, in a lot of ways, it is horrible. Um, for, before you go on, I just want to comment on, isn't it interesting that we hate children being separated by their parents unless it's being separated while still in the womb? Yeah. That's, <laughs> like,
0: that's, that's, that's exactly th- what I was going to say. It's funny that we get in. There's a, like, not just we get into an uproar. There is an outrage, like a, oh, a, yeah. a national, almost, almost like on the verge of civil war type thing about this. Yeah. But yet we put nine, nine hundred percent more babies to death every single day yeah. in the womb, and we're and we're applauding secretly about right. that. I just found that I find that just very interesting, and I find it very interesting that the not to, not just to always say it's the left, but the left side doesn't seem to see that um, mistake. The other thing, the the so, sorry, I have lot to say about the yeah, side. Yeah,
1: keep going, keep going.
0: The the other thing I find very interesting about that is, is that we this happens all the time this happens every single day in the united states and nobody nobody has a problem with it until now and what i mean by this is every single day there are parents who commit crimes who have their children taken away and put into foster care as their parents are incarcerated and That's right. We don't, we don't bat an eye when that happens. We expect that to happen. We would all applaud when the parents, when these children get taken away from their parents.
1: From cr- criminals doing criminal things. Like <laughs> exactly. It, like the alternative is you want them to take their kids to jail with them or you want them not to go to jail because their parents. So, so just to kind of back up one second. So first of all, the, the law, the immigration laws are immigration laws that Obama put in place right? So everybody was up in arms when when Trump repealed DACA. Um, but DACA was an unconstitutional law that was passed by Obama. The president of the United States does not have the authority to make laws. That's Congress's job. And so Trump came in and he repealed the illegal thing that uh, Obama had done. Ob- this is Obama's Um, immigration policy and all Trump did was he he repealed it he gave them nine months to figure out a better law and he said Congress you do this this isn't my job and so Congress didn't put something else in place and so now what you're seeing is the deadline is coming gone and now what you're seeing is the enforcement of the immigration policy that was the same policy that Obama did now the one difference and this is why everybody's up in arms about uh, with Trump is is Obama said um, the one thing that's different is we will not detain you um, if you come through the uh, to the uh, country illegally if you have children. So with that loophole in place, what do you think happens? It incentivizes people literally, like kidnapping children, or. Um, Or parents selling their kids to criminals to get across the border in in exchange for favors um, back home So it's it's literally it's 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 creating a market for child trafficking And so that's actually something good to repeal now That doesn't mean that it's not a mess down there the United States needs much better immigration policy But the point here is is that there are ways to get into the country legally and all the people who are being detained are the people who are not going through that process. They're trying to do it illegally. So because they're doing something illegal, they get detained and they're not putting the children in jail with them, which is, I think, a good thing. So yep. so that's the only real difference that's going on here from what Obama did. So let's let's just pump the brakes a little bit before we get completely up in arms.
0: Exactly. I I, I actually think... This is one of those weird times that Donald like Donald Trump's being very consistent in his worldview. We, we often talk about inconsistencies of politicians. That's this right. is a politician being very consistent, right? He's applying the legal standard to immigration, which is illegal in America. Yep. Cause there are, that's why they're referred to as illegal immigrants. Um, and he's applying the same principle that he does to natural born American citizens. So, when they commit a crime which immigration without the proper proper paperwork proper is a crime in America you can be punished by the law now in this case they just deport you but that's basically a, a yeah. punishment in itself but the children who get detained well they're either a they were born in the states so they're american citizens or two they're not they're not old enough to have made this decision on their own they're not committing a crime their parents are so they're detained separately this all makes sense if you're thinking of it when you're thinking of it from a high va- a high picture of it. Right Now, I think America has a lot of work to do Absolutely. to be good at immigration. And I think this is going to help in the long run. But I always think it's funny when, when things like this happen, we, we jump on the things when they start to get messy and we expect it to be fixed. Lots of times things get messy before they get sorted out. Right, And this is the first, I'm not saying I don't know what Donald Trump's plan is three years from now or two, two years from now, if he even runs again. Um, but like, we can't really see what the outcome of this will be until you give it time to work. You know what I mean? Like, and I find Americans very quick when Canadians are bad for this too, quick and quick on jump on jumping on people, which is another thing I actually wanted to point out because Canadians, I'm going to speak to our Canadian listenerships here. We've been pretty quick to jump on this too. Canada does the same thing. Last year, there was 151 illegal immigrants separated from their families, detained in Vancouver, detained in Montreal, in Canada, and for oftentimes multiple months at a time, and nobody talked about it. You can read this on CBC. You can read this on um, the Globe and Mail. This happens in Canada and under Justin Trudeau and under the previous regime. This happened in Canada because this is a consistent thing that happens when we catch people who have entered our countries illegally. There's reasons we have passports. There's reasons there's channels for immigration. When you don't follow those rules, unfortunately there are consequences to that.
1: And I would just say like, so there might be a bunch of people who are listening to this right now who would say, you know, as Christians, we should be helping the people who are poor and disenfranchised and all that kind of stuff. And we would say, yes, yes. of course, absolutely. Amen. And we do think that a country's laws should reflect um, the kind of immigration laws. FYI, the 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 Old Testament, the 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 law of God has standards for immigration. It It does. And so there's a lot that we can learn from that. And it is. Um, merciful and it is just the problem here though is that we can't not have any standard we can't not have immigration laws if we want anything to be if we want to live in a legal society then we need laws here and so the, the we we don't just get to cry well isn't it just merciful too well you can cry that about anything you can say well it, it, it's not it's not merciful to rip children away from their parents let you know And not look at the context. Maybe the context there is that that parent is actually abusing that child, in which case it is just to take it away. So we we need to have some standards of righteousness. We do need to clean up immigration in Canada and in the U.S. We need to pray for our leaders that they make godly choices and we need to preach the gospel. And 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 here's the kind of a big picture thing that I would say. This podcast is all about equipping Christians to engage culture with a biblical worldview. The biblical worldview would tell you that one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. You need to, Christian. You need to exercise and cultivate self-control. So when you hear things against a politician that you dislike, when you are prone to either the left or the right, and something happens from the other side, the the Holy Spirit in you should be cultivating enough self-control for you not to lose your mind over it. Don't share things in the, in a, in the heat of the passion and don't get into Facebook wars calling, you know, uh, people who are sharing uh, opinions. Don't, don't start questioning their salvation and all that kind of, stuff. cause this is what I was seeing. I was seeing people saying, you call yourself a Christian, you support Trump taking children away. And it's like, man, slow down, cultivate some self-control, pray, look at the facts and then make an educated, well-informed comment on those facts. That's what Christians should be doing. That's how we engage amen all right we're going to take a quick break and uh and speaking of um speaking out against things that (laughs) that we don't like um we're actually um so last week we talked about blasphemy laws we talked about a a how the christian church needs a pure gospel if it's ever going to affect change in the world around us and the culture around us and uh one of the biggest um issues one of the biggest churches in our area in fact the biggest church with the biggest reach in southwestern ontario was the meeting house with brexy cavey and uh more and more we've become concerned about the gospel he's preaching about his views on scripture and so we're actually bringing a friend of the program on to to talk through some of the dangers of why we think Bruxy Cavey is a guy uh, that we should be asking some questions about so uh, here's a break and then uh, come back and you can meet uh, our buddy Jacob.
0: The Rebel Alliance podcast is about discipleship bringing the gospel message about how to interact in a biblical way with your family, friends, co-workers, and your culture. Would you like to be a part of this? Rebel Alliance Media is looking for financial sponsors. A one-time gift, a monthly donation, whatever you like. Contact the rebels at info at rebelalliancemedia.com. That's info at rebelalliancemedia.com.
1: Welcome back to Rebel Lines Podcast. We are here with a special guest who's actually just down the road from us, down the 401. Uh, and his name is Pastor Jacob Rayom from uh, Trinity Bible Chapel in Waterloo or Kitchener?
2: So we're in Breslau, right outside of Kitchener, Waterloo. There you go. So neither.
1: <laughs> neither, yeah. No, Tri-City, Tri-City area. So yeah, yeah we, sure we, we got you, got you there. So Jacob, uh, Jacob, I had uh, the pleasure of meeting at uh, an event a couple of weeks ago at the Ezra Institute. And so Joe Boot uh, was the, uh, the guy who kind of brought us together. Uh, but we got chatting and uh, really love uh, his church and his ministry, had the opportunity to read some blog posts that were going on. So first of all, why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about uh, your church, how long you've been there and all that kind of stuff.
2: So it'll be nine years this summer that I started. First Sunday was August 1st, 2009, and it's been a really exciting experience. So first Sunday here, I remember there's about 45 people in church, which included my family of five. Wow! And now, uh, just a couple weeks ago, we had, I mean, we've had a lot of people baptized. We had about 600 in church for a baptism service. And so the church has grown significantly. Praise the Lord. And we hope to start a classical Christian school and plant more churches.
1: That's awesome. Whoever said that you needed to be seeker sensitive in order to fill your church, eh, Jacob?
2: <laughs> I have never, I've never been accused of being seeker sensitive.
1: <laughs> I know that's what yep. endeared uh, endeared you to us. <laughs> we we watched
0: some clips, and I would agree with you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, we we have you on, and one of the things that we got chatting about a little bit uh, when we were able to talk last week was uh, some of your concerns about uh, Bruxy Cavey and the meeting house. And, uh, and just for some of our listeners, I know Chris has some of these numbers in front of him. but, uh, I mean, uh, Bruxy's church has over 5,000 people at it. There's, there's multiple campuses, multiple satellites, um, in terms of like Southwestern Ontario, he's, he's probably the most influential teacher in our area and, uh, and, and huge in Canada. So do you have some of those numbers in front of you there, Chris?
0: Yeah. Just to put it into perspective for some of our like American listeners and European listeners, uh, Five thousand in Canada would be the fourth largest church in our country. Um, so we're, we're a small country, only about thirty-three million. So five five thousand weekly attending one church is a big deal here. Yeah. Um, and this is just up the road from where the rebels set up shop. Um, so it's it. He is a very influential guy in Christ, Christendom in Ontario. Um, basically, need, he's on YouTube. A lot of uh, a lot of what we have to do, we kind of have to counteract a lot of things he's saying because he's saying very contradictory things to what the right. um, reformed view would be and what we would take our position would be. So,
1: and another reason we're kind of pausing to talk about this is that Bruxy KV actually calls himself a conservative Christian. And so this isn't like when the Babylon B kind of takes on an easy target and, and puts uh, Joel Osteen in his crosshair. Joel Osteen doesn't pretend to be um, a conservative or reformed Christian. Bruxy KV does. And so he actually has a bit of a, an, uh, an audience with our people um, so, Jacob, why don't I pass this over to you? Why don't you talk a little bit about um, what's what's caused you to write extensively and get together with Bruxy, and and what kind of brought some of the, your concerns to the forefront?
2: Yeah, it was a few things. So, I was I've been aware of his uh, ministry for a long time, even dating back to times when I was in a Bible in Bible college as a student. And so, when I went to seminary, I kind of forgot about him. But then I came back to Ontario after uh, spending. Uh, about five years in the States. And again, I started to hear his name. And that is largely because I have a number, like we have a lot actually of university students in our church. And so some of the university students were being exposed to his ministry. And so I said, well, I had concerns about him years ago. So I'm going to listen to one of his sermons. And so I downloaded one of his sermons while I, and then so I listened to it while I was on the treadmill one morning. And I just about fell off the treadmill because in this like this is the first sermon I've ever listened to of this guy. And in the sermon, he said something to the effect of um good and godly Christians can disagree with the conservative position on homosexuality. And I'm like, what the heck? And so I brought it up in a sermon. That sermon evidently someone in our church sent to him. <laughs> nice. so, right, yeah. And so he wanted to have a, a lunch or something like that. And we had a lunch and talked and and then you know, there was a couple years later, we talked and I, I brought him up into my sermons a couple more times. And then finally someone in my church asked me if they'd like me to do or if I'd like him to do some research, if I thought it'd be a good idea for him to do some research on Bruxy KB. And so he did. Wow. And so Eric, Eric Schneider's his name. He does, he has his own blog and he's written extensively on Bruxy KB too. And so I, I liken Eric, Eric's a hero. I liken Eric to a guy that goes scuba diving in an outhouse just to tell us what's in there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's a great guy to have in your corner.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so that's what he did. He went scuba diving in an outhouse, and he listened to <laughs> hours and hours and hours of Broxy K.V. sermons. And uh, then what he did is he recorded, um, he typed out a lot of the things that he was saying, and he became uh, an expert in what he was teaching. Because we don't want to misrepresent Broxy Cavey.
1: Yep, good for you. We
2: want to you know, show him enough respect to... Uh, uh you know uh, represent him properly and i believe the uh outhouse reference i just made does so <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice
2: but yeah so uh, this is what eric did and he and he produced a document to me of i think it was at least 12 pages single spaced on bruxy KB's quotes and i was just like wow this is a thousand times worse than i ever thought it was wow And so I produced the first – well, the first blog I wrote was um, challenging something he said about homosexuality. But then the one that really took off was the one, Bruxy Cavey in the Bible, Is He a False Teacher? So I wrote that, and then Tim Challies linked to it in his a la carte one day, and then it just – it really went – it went crazy. And it got a lot of attention, and I got a lot of um, pushback from people – um, who sympathize with him or who go to his church. And I got some letters. I saw some letters circulated from his church and so on about me. So it was, and then a few other things have happened since. So that the public blogging started within the last year and a half.
1: Wow. So, um, that, that's cool that Shelly is, uh, linked to you and that kind of stirred up some controversy. Sometimes some good controversy is, or some controversy is a good thing. Um, but if it gets the message out here, and so um, we don't want to keep our listeners in suspense anymore. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of what some of those concerns are. And I think really, as, as we've read some of your blog posts and, and listened to some of your sermon clips and stuff like that, it seems like there are three uh, concerns that kind of bubble to the surface. And that is number one, Bruxy's view on scripture. Um, Bruxy Cavey's, uh, number two, his, his view on, or his, uh, I guess, denial of penal substitutionary atonement. And then number three, his views on homosexuality. And, and I, I mean, there's a lot of things when you, when you start talking about somebody who's not holding to biblical inerrancy, there's a lot of, um, difficulty that gets brought up into that. But I think it, would it be fair to kind of boil it down to those three things?
2: I think, I think those are, um, are the three biggest things. I mean, you can, We could talk for the next couple of days, probably, about other things. But I'd say, I I mean, foundationally, it's a view of Scripture that we're dealing with. And then the fruit of that is manifesting itself most certainly in his understanding of what the gospel is, um, denial of that gospel message uh, that we hold to be precious and dear. And then his view of homosexuality, but I mean, this it manifests itself probably in a thousand other places, I'm sure. So
1: yeah, of course. So so let's mm. start with his view of scripture because, like you said, that's kind of foundational here. So um, I mean, I, I watched a clip that you sent me on uh, on Bruxy. Kind of essentially, what he said was, you know, at the Protestant Reformation, the reformers rightly refused and rightly spoke against the authority of the Pope. But that they did something equally, and I think he even said even more horrible, was to give the authority then to the scriptures alone. And, and, he, and he basically says, Jesus said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, not has been given to the Bible. So whether we're giving Christ's authority to the, to the scriptures or the Pope, it's equally invalid and equally damning. And I mean my my the hair on my neck was standing up. So talk to us a little bit of where that clip came from and, and how that flushes itself out in his views.
2: Okay, so I have the I have the quote right in front of me and I'll so I'll just quote it as I'm reading it, okay? Yep. So this is this is him from a YouTube video and I quote Roxy Cavey, the whole concept of the authority of scripture is unscriptural.
1: Huh. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean
2: so anyway we're not even going to deal with the logical inconsistencies in that one sentence. Yep. God has authority, Jesus has authority. He says in the Great Commission, "All authority has been given to me." Not the scriptures. So so Buxy KV quotes the Great Commission, which is in the scriptures, to prove that Jesus Christ has authority and that the <laughs> scriptures don't have authority. <laughs> The authority of the scriptures as scripture is just a weird way of talking that Catholics made up to fight – cat, or that Protestants made up to fight Catholics. So, so in those few sentences, he says that you know, the authority of scripture is not scriptural, and the authority of scripture is made up. Like wow. this is something yeah. that has been made up. It's been concocted. It's a fabrication. And then he quotes scripture to prove it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was gonna. I was just about to ask you, where did you read that from? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, how do you yeah. know all yeah. authority? Yeah, so right. So I mean, Jacob, you're you're a you're a senior pastor. You preach every week. Um, yeah, and sometimes we say things in a way that we wish we had said it differently. Um, is this just kind of Bruxy off the cuff saying something that he doesn't hasn't really thought through?
2: Um, I don't think so because. He's had lots of time to uh, clarify what he said. And so, I mean, if he wanted to come out and say um, the authority of Scripture is not a fabrication, in fact, it is a Christian concept, and it is something I hold to, then he could. But in fact, with two leaders within his denomination just a few months ago, I think it was like February or March, they did a podcast, they put it on the Internet, and I listened to it, and in that podcast with these two leaders within his denomination, Daryl Winger and Doug Sider, Bruxy Cavey admits that he does not teach the authority of Scripture, even though their denomination, the B in Christ denomination, the BIC, holds to the authority of Scripture in their confessional statement. And those two bishops, or those two leaders, uh, Daryl Winger and Doug Sider, um, they're okay with it. They just, they're just they like, yeah, yeah, we trust your heart, we trust each other, and uh, you know, no problem. And so he's had... Ample opportunity to rescind this. I know that he's read it because I got, I received a, I saw a letter from uh, his denominational headquarters, uh, you know, accusing, actually accusing me of bullying him with my blogs and all this other stuff.
1: But <laughs> did he hashtag so, me too, or, or is he? <laughs> well,
2: anyway, yeah. yeah. So I was accused of bullying him, um, and so he's read my stuff. He's at, he's at all kinds of opportunity to deny. That, you know, oh, I wish – you know, yeah. we all say things that absolutely. Are dumb, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so the more you say things, the more you regret um things you say, especially when, you know, you're speaking publicly. But – and so he's an ample opportunity to change course and say, look, I wish I had never said it that way. But no, he's doubled down.
1: Right. And that's what I – so, go ahead.
2: And then so I was just going to say, Nate, Um, and I have other quotes from other, from other sources other than that video that he posted online – and so it's not, it's not an isolated incident, incidents that we're dealing with. I mean, for example, listen to this. Well, it is, this is a podcast from his church. The previous thing was him teaching at a seminary down in the States. This is a podcast from his church. Well, it is as if your faith is built on Scripture, is inerrant. It is a house of cards, okay? So I want to excel in evangelism. Inerrancy gets in the way. Inerrancy gets in the way. The biblical inerrancy gets in the way of evangelism. And so, like, these are, this is not, I mean, this is not good. Yeah, and then wow. on another place, he talks about the Apostle Paul being errant in what he wrote. Um, it, here's another one. It, it hinders our evangelism to say our faith is based on the authoritative and infallible word of God. Um, I mean, what are you going to do with this? I mean, if it was one quote, I'd be like, hey, even two. But this goes on and on and on and on, and you're going to double down over the next while after it's been talked about publicly by multiple sources. Then, yeah, sorry, yeah,
0: I was, I was just actually going to quote that quote about it hinders our evangelism to say that our faith is based on the, the word of God. It actually hinders it. I think that's, yeah. I think that's self-indicting. If we could ever say that there's something that somebody says that's self-indicting about what their view on sola scriptura is, right?
1: Right. So, mm. And so, and and I guess that's I, I, the reason I wanted to ask you that, and I'm, I'm glad you answered it the way you did. I mean, I think, you know, we might have some listeners who are sitting here thinking like, wow, well, guys, I wish you would just give him a bit of grace. Maybe he didn't say that. And and I know, like you said, I, I've, I've said plenty of things that I wish I had have said differently. And you have to go back and clarify and things like that. That's, that's part of why John Piper tells all of us young pastors not to write a book until we're 40. Um, but... Yeah. Uh, So, but this isn't, this isn't an off the cuff. I wish I said that differently. This is, this is his view of scripture and it's been flushed out through various quotes. And so, um, he's, he's downplaying not only the, the role of scripture in the life of a Christian, but, but to actually say it's a hindrance, like it's, it's hindering our evangelism. Like we would be able to win the world if it wasn't for this book that we were clung to. Um, it's, uh, it's really, so, okay. So from there, so as soon as you let go of a high view of scripture, it begins to trickle down into all the various things that you believe. Um, and so let's talk about his view of the gospel, um, and his denial of penal substitutionary atonement. The first time I ever heard him kind of denying this was in the podcast that I think you're referencing. Um, but, uh, but talk to me a little bit about your concerns with his, his view of the gospel.
2: Well, yeah, he, he, he denies the gospel. And so, like, we're not, we're not dealing with a man who is confused. We're dealing with a false teacher. We're dealing with somebody who, by his own admission, has publicly stated he wants to um, pull people away from a biblical view of the atonement of Christ. And so, I mean, <laughs> here take, for example, this. Just small quote from him teaching on the book of Acts. We do live at a time in history, this is Bruxy KB talking, we do live at a time in history where many people identify penal substitutionary atonement theory as the gospel. Penal t- substitutionary atonement is a theory about how the gospel works. I happen to think it's a wrong theory. And then in the same video he goes on to say i'd love to convert everyone away from penal substitutionary atonement is a theory of atonement wow so 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 right there any pastor whose people are being influenced by this pastor broxy cavey so pretty well every pastor in ontario just hey you've been warned He said he wants to convert your people away from the gospel right, right there
1: yeah and and i mean paul would tell us that you know anybody who's doing that is an anathema to us and so we have this even sorry go ahead even if an
2: you know you're right like galatians one even if an angel from heaven comes and tells us um to believe other than what the apostle paul has taught us even if the apostle paul himself tells us to believe other than that he is anathema he is damned he is cursed we're to have nothing to do with him. that's right
1: that's right so I, I'm just looking at this one quote from uh, from the podcast I was referencing. Um, it, it's his drive home podcast, which I think is for, is that for his church? Is that?
2: I, I, yeah, think? I think he's produced it for his people to listen to after he preaches a sermon and then they can kind of, just kind of the leftovers from the sermon, I think that he didn't get in his message, right? So, uh,
1: so in one co- entitled, uh, Why Did Jesus Die? Um, he says, when we look at the cross, we look at the cross with an almost confused view and this Uh, Is the cross a picture of God loving us through Jesus, or is it a picture of God wrathing against Jesus? And then we call that love. I would say that latter view goes beyond Scripture. So what he's even doing? So, like you said, he's he's you've quoted him saying that he wants to convert people to another gospel, and then what he's doing is he's putting the gospel that we preach at odds with the gospel. So he says, is the cross a picture of God loving us through Jesus? Or is it a picture of God wrathing against Jesus and then we call that love? So he's actually, what he's saying there is not only, you know, not only do I not hold to their view, but their view is, is diametrically opposed to my view. And, and their view is not love.
2: Right. And so, it, I mean, it's, it's a classical false dichotomy. Yep. So you can either believe in a God who loves or a God who punishes Christ on our behalf. So, you know, he's, well, how about this one maybe maybe god shows his love in that well we were yet sinners christ died for us right. how about that one Maybe right. i mean
1: but that's in the bible but, sorry, i don't know I if you can script- use that well that's just in the bible i mean but i guess the bible is not authority yeah. you know, well right? and this is that's and this exactly is where you see that these things are connected right so you know what we do is we live in a culture that wants to define love and we want love mm-hmm. to be defined as you know an emotion how how we feel about something and you know acceptance and so his you know the 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 message of Jesus is you know exclusive I'm the way right the truth and the life no one comes to the Father except through me it's an exclusive gospel and what it seems like Bruxy's trying to do is get around the exclusivity of the cross and in order to do that, he has to change the gospel, but he can only change the gospel if he can unhitch himself from scripture. So you can see that th- there's almost an agenda, like it's a, it's a tail wagging the dog, right? He's got an agenda, and in order to push that agenda forward, and, and I mean, I don't know, I'm not going I'm to impute improper motives to him, but the point is, even if he's doing it to try to get the gospel more palatable to people, that's not our job. That's not something what? that we have the right to do.
2: Yeah, like I mean, I don't need to be a salesman for God. I don't that's need to. Right. I don't. De- I don't need to do a spin operation for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm the messenger, right? Like I back the truck up to the warehouse door and I unload the goods. That's my that's job. That's right. That's right. And the Lord's the one that's given me the goods, so it's just my job to get them off the truck and into the warehouse.
1: It's almost like God doesn't need our PR campaigns, eh? <laughs> Where'd you hear that from? <laughs> Heard that from a great preacher I listened to this week. <laughs> hey thanks (laughs) uh so okay so uh just did you um so the last thing we kind of wanted to touch on then maybe we'll we'll try to tie some of these things together is um Bruxy Cavey's view on homosexuality and and again we're just trying to so for our listeners who are listening in on this what we want to show you is that when you lose scripture you lose the essence of what makes you saved. And if you lose the essence of what saves you, then you have to find a way to let anybody in. And so um, now Bruxy is going to begin to deny the biblical view of homosexuality. So talk to us a little bit about that, Jacob.
2: Right. So what what his church has done is they've developed this thing called the third way. Okay. And so I want to I want to be very careful to represent it properly, and, and so I'm going to be I'm just going to I'm going to be slow in how I communicate this because I do not want to misrepresent them. Um, but essentially, you have uh, he'll, they say something to the effect of you have conservative Christians who believe that homosexuality is sin, okay, and homosexuals if they don't repent. They go to hell for that sin, okay? And then and then he'll say, and then you have liberals who believe that it's okay, okay? But at the meeting house, we have a third way. So whereas we would hold to, this is what he'll say, we would hold to a conservative view of homosexuals, we understand there are good and godly Christians who disagree with us. So therefore, he's able to, in on one side of his mouth, Still say, hey, I'm conservative, but then, and the other side of his mouth say, but you know what, the liberals who say homosexuality is, you know, a decent lifestyle, well, they're okay too. But I'm still okay because I'm still a conservative. Okay, and so this is what really alerted to me he, me to him in the first place was this type of view, and so the way they do this is because um, they're Anabaptist, and I don't have anything against Anabaptists. I mean, I think I. You know, God bless them for the wonderful teachings that they've ha- held to throughout the ages. I don't agree with a lot of the things they've taught, but I think there's Anabaptists who are godly Christians. But, but because they're Anabaptists, they are, they are pacifists, okay? And, and I understand there are Christians who are pacifists. So again, I'm not throwing all pacifists out with this. I'm, I'm in no way trying to do that. I love pacifists. I love Anabaptists. I'm just not a pacifist, and I'm not an Anabaptist. So I think they're wrong on some things. But I do think there's Anabaptists who hold to the gospel. But because he is a pacifist and he still wants to invite – like this is how crazy it gets. He still wants – and he's done this in his church. He still wants to have police officers attend his church. He'll say we've developed a third way with police officers. And so police officers use violence, but we don't believe that violence is always sin. So therefore – but we're still willing to have these sinful police officers come in our church. And so we've developed a third way. Well, so then he says, well, and because we've developed a third way with police officers, we also develop a third way with homosexuals. And and so we think homosexuality is wrong, but homosexuals are kind of like police officers, and police officers are kind of like homosexuals. So we let police officers and homosexuals into our church and participate in the life of our church. And they have life groups or whatever they call them for homosexuals. And, and on it goes. So, so it's, it's an expansion of the tent Okay. Well, are the boundaries? while at the same time, still saying, but I believe this. So, so attempting to ma- maintain orthodoxy while not being, or, or, you know, not practiced. Right. Essentially. So it, okay. And so there's a there's a. So when I met with Broxy Cavey, I asked him. I said, so you have a third way with with police officers because you're a pacifist. Yeah, yeah. You have a third way with homosexuals. Yeah, yeah. I said, so hey, let me ask you something. Do you have a third way with Nazis? <laughs> And he's like, oh, I never thought about that. I'm like, well, maybe you should. Right? Yeah. Like, do you have a third way with pedophiles? Right. Do you have a third way with, like, do you, I mean, do you think Adolf Hitler could come to your church and be just a good and godly guy that you disagree with? Because guess what? The German church compromised with Hitler. That's right. Except, Except for the Bonhoeffer's group, the German church compromised with Hitler, and they developed a third way with Nazis. So, hey, congratulations. This isn't a new thing. Yeah. That's right. So um, yeah, it's 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 very, it's it's very very uh, alarming, and this this does not lead to a good place. I don't know to what point, um, I don't know to what point they this is going to go. But I'll tell you, I know what the first church of the third way was, and it was the church in Thyatira.
1: Yep. There you go.
2: Okay. Yep. I have this against you that you tolerate that woman Jezebel. There's a third way church. So hey. I mean, if you're not, if, if the meeting, if Broxy Cavey doesn't repent, well, I think I can say what the Lord Jesus said to the church in Thyatira. What did he say? Well, it, he didn't have a lot of good things to say to them. This is where third way leads. So it's very, very concerning. And so, I mean, out of love, um, out of love, uh, we need to call this church and their leadership and their people to repent because this is not going to a very good place at all.
1: So so I, I just want you to flush this out a little bit uh, for me, Jacob. We, we talk about this a lot at Rebels, and so um, maybe having a, a new voice say, say uh, the same thing in a different way will be helpful for some of our listeners here. So um, you said that um, it's not loving, right? That this isn't loving. Right. So, so to the world who's looking in at The Meeting House there are probably plenty of people saying what a loving thing they've done to create a third way for homosexuals or police officers or whoever, what a loving thing that is. And you and I would agree that that's the least loving thing that you can do, but flush that out for me. Like tell me why that's not loving.
2: Well, I mean, it's really simple. If, if your neighbor's house is burning, like what's the loving thing to do wake up guys get out call them by name
1: and so we we are doing this podcast not because we want to pat ourselves on the back for being the people who are smart enough to see through the facade of Bruxy Cavey in the meeting house we we do this because we want to talk to the people who might might look at Bruxy and say hey what a smart guy and he's a smart guy and what a great communicator, and he is a great communicator, but sometimes people can be just smart enough and just good enough at communicating that they lead a whole lot of people down a really dangerous path, and that's what we think is happening here with Bruxy Cavey. So um, you've met with him a few times, so why don't you just take a second, and and if there's somebody who's listening right now who's a Bruxy Cavey fan, maybe they're a friend at the Meeting House, what would you say to them?
2: Well, I'd say that they they need to respectfully and prayerfully address these issues with their leadership and call their leadership to repent. And if their leadership is not uh, brought to repentance um, after prayer and respectfully speaking with them, then they need to leave the church. You cannot be in a church that holds these doctrines. I mean, he has said he wants to convert people away from penal substitutionary atonement. Like this is this is at the core of the gospel message. So he wants to it's not like these are periphery issues. Right? It's 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 not like we're disagreeing on matters of baptism or even pacifism for that matter, or even Arminianism and Calvinism for that matter. We're dealing with with foundational issues. So penal substitutionary atonement is foundational. So you start denying that, well you've denied everything now. The gospel's gone. You've lost it. And and so at what point is this no longer considered a church, right? So but I think like, I think as far as calling out false teachers goes, you don't want to make a habit. You know, you don't always be the guy. Well, I'm, I'm a heresy hunter. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> Sounds like a Netflix you know, that's, show.
2: But <laughs> that's, I, right. But that's but, uh, yeah, right. But I don't think that's what the Canadian church is in danger of right now, right. quite yep. frankly. I don't think, I, mean, I don't think that's what, that's not the sin of the Canadian church. If the Canadian church is, is in danger of anything, it's of being too quiet on this and a host of that's other right. issues. And, and heresy, heresy, if dealt with properly, is very good for the church. It's very good for the church because it always brings the truth to the fore. I wrote a blog on this. It, it brings the truth to the fore. I mean, God has providentially used heresy in the past to refine the church. Um, you think about the Protestant Reformation. You think about the Christological controversies. You think of the Aryan controversy. Um, I mean, you you just go down. Even the fundamentalist modernist controversy at the turn of the century, I mean, these things crystallize things for us. So God uses it, and he makes an example out of false teachers if the church deals with it well. So in my opinion, the Canadian church um, has a wonderful opportunity to not only love people – Um, at the meeting house by speaking about these things, but to love their own people by saying, look, if you don't know your Bibles, this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to end up at a church where the pastor can stand up with an open Bible and deny the gospel, and you're going to think he's right. Good point.
0: That is a good point, because if you don't have a good biblical intelligence, basically, if you're not literate in the Bible, you hear things like unity, and you hear things like what Bruxy's saying about inclusiveness and everyone loving everyone, which on the surface sounds really good to everybody, but if you're not discerning enough to be able to pick the lie out of those things, you're going to get sucked in by these lies, which is why this church has 5,000 people probably, right?
2: Yeah. Right, and so like, so what parents need to do even is they need to say, look, here's a false teacher. This is what he's teaching his people. And if you kids, like you say this to your kids, like if, if you children don't learn your Bibles, you will take your families one day to a church like this and you will be led to hell. And so... I mean, like, and you know, people are going to say that's harsh. That's like Jesus talked that yeah, way. That's right. Jesus talked that way. Keep- Jesus talked that way. The prophets talked that way. The apostles talked that way. And I'm supposed to follow their example. that's right.
1: That's right. And I think I think, like you said, I mean, we can fall off the ditch on either side here. We can become the heresy hunters and we can be, you know, build a ministry on pointing out all of the um, things, nitpicking other people's ministries. But um, we can easily fall off the other side as well, where um, we, we keep talking about big tents and we keep talking about inclusion and we keep talking about, uh, you know, banding together for mission. And in, in all of that, we lose the actual power of God unto salvation. And so what we're trying, what we try to do is faithfully teach at our own churches, faithfully, um, learn the word of God. And when we see sheep following a false teacher, then we point that out and call them to repentance. So, um, right. so there, there you go. That's the, the road that we're trying to walk down with this. Um, if you,
2: like true, true unity comes through common belief, right? Like first Corinthians one ten, when the apostle Paul tells the church to be united, which was a divided church in Corinth, he says to be united in same mind and same judgment. That's right. So unity that's not based on doctrine is, is, is fake. And so these saying calling for unity at the, in the face of doctrinal compromises is, is, is tantamount to the false prophets in the old testament who said peace peace when there is no peace
1: that's exactly right and i think we've we've reversed the uh you know martin luther in in fighting in the uh reformation said you know uh peace where possible truth at all costs and and we've changed that to truth when it's possible but unity at all costs and uh and it's 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 watered down the church in canada as a result
2: yeah it's it's the canadian church has has been has been sleeping for a long time and we need to awaken to the fact that like we are under serious attack and the lord will fight for us but i mean he's given us a sword that's right and we've got to use the sword it's his word and we need to speak clearly boldly and precisely out of a heart that is full of love for this nation and for the people within our own churches amen and, and I think another thing, Nate, like if, if this stuff goes unchallenged, a, an onlooking world just thinks, oh yeah, that's what Christians believe. They believe in a third way. They believe penal substitutionary atonement is wrong. They believe the Bible has errors. So if we don't publicly challenge this, there's a whole onlooking world. And now our, not, only, not only are you know, Christians being led into this, but we have a v- terrible witness as to what the gospel actually is going on yeah, right
1: now. Yeah, that's exactly right. So even if it's for, uh, I mean, we got to uh, love the people who are caught up in all of this, but even just for the onlookers, I mean, we, uh, we have to be able to call sin, sin. And, uh, and that's, what we're, that's what we're losing. We see in our culture, we see a government that's fighting against us and our rights to call sin, sin. And now uh, we're also fighting the battle from within where teachers will come and take what the Bible clearly teaches as sin and say, we can find a third way around this. Sad. Mm
2: -hmm. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, this is, I mean, we all know about the Supreme Court ruling on Friday. I mean, there's various things being taught in our government schools in Ontario, the state schools. Uh, There's various, you know, Speech, speech, hate speech, things that are being that people are attempting to put on the books, and churches like the meeting house in Bruxy Cave are complicit in all That's of right.
1: this. So um, we're we're out of time here, but here's what I want. Uh, here's what I want you to answer for me, just real quick, because I know that we're uh, we're brothers in uh, in this as well. It's good to be among friends. So with all the pessimism. With all of the doom and gloom of these big churches being led by false teachers and all this hate speech and these Supreme Court rulings, um, what's our hope, Jacob?
2: Well, my hope is that the gospel of Jesus Christ will triumph. And so, I, I mean, I preached the sermon a couple of weeks ago. In our church called the peak Canadian decadence and the wrath of God from Judges 19 and talked about the absolute dismal situation in the book of Judges. But the amazing thing is, is while all that nasty stuff was going on in the book of Judges. The Lord in the secret place was building his church so that under King David and his son, King Solomon, there was a tremendous revival of. Uh, and, and God poured out his spirit in a very special way. And that's the way the Lord works. So, I mean, where we're sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. And so, you know, I find the darkness in the land very difficult to deal with. Like, I woke up this morning, and I'm just like, I'm, it's so hard to think about everything that's going on. I, like, I, I, I cry over it. I, I weep over it. And at the same time, I really believe that the darker the days get, the sooner the Lord is going to send revival. And and that is the way the Lord has consistently worked throughout history. So I have a great amount of hope. I mean, 17th century England, the Puritans were being thrown in jail and they were, they, were, they were told they cannot meet. And John Bunyan said, everyone's being pessimistic, oh, England's done. And John Bunyan said, no, I believe God is merciful and loving and he will raise up from these people's children a generation that fears Christ. And what happened? A hundred years later, God raised up George Whitfield and John Wesley. So God's not done with Canada. And the very fact that there's pastors like you in this country and in this province tells me that God's not done, because there are men who are preaching the word of God, and he is being merciful to us. And and I believe the day will come when he will hear the prayers of his people, and he will bring deliverance.
1: Amen. Amen. You can, mic- you can drop the mic there. I, I know it's attached to your... Uh... Your desk there, but you can drop it anyway. Uh, amen, Jacob. That was awesome. Um, hey, thanks so much for for coming on, talking to us about this stuff. Why don't you just tell our listeners um, where they can follow your blog and uh, and where they can find some of these sermons that we've been talking about.
2: Yeah, so our website is trinitybiblechapel.ca, ca. The blog's there, the sermons are there, and, um, you know, love to connect with more Um, (laughs) i just i appreciate talking to you guys it's good to have like-minded pastors to talk to and guys that are bold and are speaking the truth and understand what true love is and i mean so often what we want to say is well we got to be gracious and meek yeah and you don't think jesus christ was gracious and meek and look at the way he talked i mean so it's it's an encouragement to talk to you guys but yeah trinity biblechapel.ca is our church website
0: I was just going to say, we'll post that out on on the day the episode goes live. We'll link to your church and to some of your blogs as well so that uh, everybody who's listening to this, who I'm sure was helped by hearing uh, Jacob uh, just drop fire on everybody, will be able to go (laughs) and listen to his church. And he's got a lot of quick little um, videos and some great blogs you guys should check out.
1: Well, thanks so much for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed uh, our guest. And uh, we would just say find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter, Instagram, engage with us in all those social media platforms. Thanks so much for supporting the Rebels, and we'll see you next week.